0: Hello and welcome to the Accidental Tomatoes podcast. I'm your host, Joe Webb, and this is a podcast for all of us who are looking for faith beyond the fences. I'm really glad you're listening today. Today is episode four of the podcast, and today we're talking about the prison of expectations or the ways that sometimes... Our expectations can trap us uh, from seeing what's actually real. And so today I want to start with a story. Um, So there's this guy down at the county jail named John. John was sort of a scraggly dude who didn't shower very often, didn't dress real nice. And he ate a lot of weird bugs and seeds and stuff like that. And John got thrown in the slammer because the mayor, a guy named Herod didn't really like it when John told him that it wasn't cool for Herod to divorce his wife and marry his brother's wife. Now, normally, that kind of thing might have gotten John a trip to the bottom of the river in a pair of concrete boots. But Herod was a little bit afraid of John, because John used to be the pastor of the local Baptist church, and a lot of the people who voted for Herod went to that church. You see, John made a bit of a stir a while back, when he started saying that people needed to get baptized Because his cousin Jesus was coming, and he was going to be the new sheriff in town, and he was going to clean house. And a lot of people got on board with that message and started to follow John around, waiting for Jesus to come and take over. Now that made people like Herod a little nervous, because what it sounded like John was saying was that Herod was going to lose his job when Jesus showed up. In fact, it sounded like even Herod's bosses down in the governor's mansion might be in trouble too. So Herod wanted to shut John up, but he needed to keep him alive so the people wouldn't revolt against him because he was in a big re-election campaign. But when Jesus showed up, he didn't do anything like what John and his followers expected him to do. This guy who everyone thought was supposed to come and clean house just went around the countryside, healing people's sicknesses and telling them stories about how they fit in, even if society told them that they didn't fit in, and how poor people were going to get rich and all kinds of crazy stuff like that. And then a bunch of people started following Jesus around, and he started telling them even crazier stories about how they ought to love one another and forgive one another and even love their enemies. He also said some stuff about setting prisoners free, which got old John's attention, but it really wasn't at all what John was expecting Jesus to do. So John sent Jesus a message from jail and basically was just asking him, dude, what's up? I thought you were supposed to clean house and kick out all of the corrupt leaders and give the power back to the people. But you're just doing all this love your neighbor stuff and showing off with a bunch of magic tricks like turning water into wine and turning two fish into 5,000. Are you the leader we thought you were going to be? Or should we start looking for someone else? I love you, cousin, but... You're really not doing the job that we wanted you to do here. So when Jesus got the message from his cousin John, he told the telegram guy to take a note back to the jailhouse. He told him to ask John exactly what he thought was supposed to happen. Did he think Jesus was just going to turn the tables on Herod and all the other powers that be and make them suffer the same way they made John and Jesus' people suffer? Because that just kind of seemed like trading in a lizard for a snake. Isn't it better that that blind people can see, that lame people can walk, that deaf people can hear, that poor people begin to have some hope? Do we want to just perpetuate these cycles of violence and revenge? Or do we want to break the pattern and burn up the whole unjust system and give people dignity who have never once in their lifetimes experienced it? Now, of course, some of Jesus' followers who still really didn't get it started to kind of cheer him on, you know, show him, boss. They, they said, give old John the what for. But Jesus told them, now you shut up now. He said John was the greatest storyteller the county had ever seen, better than any of the old timers from up the holler put together. And he asked them what, what they thought that John was talking about when he told them to get ready for Jesus coming. Was it supposed to be just more of the same old, same old? Or were they going to change the world. So this story is just sort of a contextual retelling of the story in the Bible about John the Baptist and Jesus. But it's really not so much a story about John the Baptist and Jesus specifically as it is really a story about expectations. John had gotten the people of Israel all stirred up about what Jesus was about to do. But what they were all really expecting was for Jesus to lead an uprising of the people against the Roman occupation of Israel in the first century and against the corrupt ruling class of Jerusalem, the religious elites that were in charge of the temple in Jerusalem. So when it turned out that Jesus' agenda didn't seem to actually match the agenda that everyone else expected him to have, people were naturally a bit confused. I think that still happens a lot in a lot of our churches today. I think a lot of people have this idea that what Christianity is supposed to be about is making them feel safe and making them feel good and making them feel secure from you know the threats of the big bad world that's out there. They want a faith that really doesn't require any actual faith. It just requires believing what you've always been told or what some authority figure says without ever asking any questions or expressing any doubt they believe that by following the rules that they've been given that they're making god happy or that they're even defending god against all the mean people who don't believe in god right and maybe most of all they believe that the whole story is about primarily about what's going to happen to them after they die and so they want to believe that this whole jesus thing is about making them feel comfortable and Privilege, like they're better than people who don't believe in Jesus or who don't believe the right things about Jesus. That because they think the right thoughts that they're going to get to die and go to heaven, that everyone else who doesn't think the right thoughts is going to burn for eternity. And they want you to think that too, because they love you, right? In fact, they love you so much that if you don't agree with them, They will punish you until you do agree with them, because that's what love does, right? And they all seem very, very confused and very, very angry when you suggest that maybe none of that was what Jesus was really up to in those stories that we get from the Bible or what Jesus is really still up to today. In that story about John the Baptist, John was especially confused. Because he thought he was on the front end of a revolution. He probably thought that because he had called out Herod's power and privilege, that Jesus would, I don't know, raise up an army and bust him out of the pokey, you know? Because that's what we do, right? We expect Jesus to act on our behalf. We expect Jesus to conform to our ways of thinking. I've been kind of thinking a lot about this when it comes to people saying that they believe that some political leaders are placed in power by god and i wonder why it is that it's only the people who stand to benefit from that power that believe that that's true in fact let's let's maybe take that one step further have you ever noticed that most people seem to believe the bible says what they already believed that it said before they even read the Bible? You see, John believed that Jesus was going to do what John believed Jesus was supposed to do before Jesus ever did anything. But Jesus, and and the Bible for that matter, don't really conform to our expectations quite so easily. At Accidental Tomatoes, we're building a community of people looking for ways to find faith and spirituality beyond the walls and fences of the traditional church. While our blog and our podcast are always absolutely free, if you'd like to go deeper with more resources and conversations, we invite you to support us through the Patreon platform. For as little as $2 a month, you can receive bonus content, including a monthly newsletter, patrons-only commentary, and much, much more. Just go to patreon.com slash accidentaltomatoes to learn how. And now, back to the podcast. Now, we've already talked a good bit on the podcast here just in the first few episodes about this idea of deconstruction, right? The process of breaking down a, a previous, often an inherited belief system. When that belief system begins to display some level of like cognitive dissonance with reality. And as I said, I think a couple of episodes ago, I I know that that's true because I've been through it. When I began to see that the Bible was not really, you know, like an instruction manual about how to make God happy and how to get my ticket punched for the afterlife, it really messed me up for a while. It messed me up pretty badly uh, for for quite some time. When I began to see that Jesus' agenda wasn't just about getting people to heaven when they die, but about how to bring about justice and compassion and human dignity for people in this life. It really it really wrecked my whole worldview for a while. See, I was taught to believe that the Bible was all about how to get yourself right with God by believing the right ideas about God. That believing Jesus died for my sins meant that I didn't have to die for my sins. But then when I actually started to read it and engage with it for myself, I found out that getting right with God seemed to have a whole lot more to do with how I treated other people than what private thoughts about God I held like in my own head. I began to see that it wasn't just, you know, like a religious training document as much as it was a description of people's encounters with the divine through a lot of of different contexts, a lot of different contexts when you look at the broad scope of the biblical narrative. That the Bible wasn't meant so much to tell us what to think as it was maybe to show us how to think. That while the Bible indeed is probably inspired in some way by God, it is still as much human as it is divine. And I think when I think back on all of that, I can see that, you know, there are times when our expectations of things can really get in the way of our experience of things. Our expectations about, you know, Christianity and Jesus and the Bible can often get in the way of our actual experience of the world, our experience of life itself. A few years ago, I got to go to um, to Russia with a group of people to work with um, an organization that helps teenage orphans transition um, kind of from life in an orphanage to life out in the world. And, and while I was there, I encountered this other American who was there and, and really like they were just totally put out that everything in Russia was so, you know, like Russian, right? That, that none of the signs were in English anywhere, so you couldn't read any signs, any wayfinding kind of signs. That, like, for instance, we were expected to drink all of our beverages with no ice because Russians don't put ice in their drinks, right? And, and it was almost as if this person was upset that nobody recognized, you know, our clear superiority as Americans that we should have just been catered to, right? That all of those foreigners were just, you know, didn't have the sense to know how to do things the right way. And I was like, you know, I kind of realized, like, who, who's really the foreigner here, you know? And I think a lot of times, for a lot of us, our expectations are sort of like that, right? Our expectations are so often rooted in some sense of privilege, in wanting, you know, them to be more like us, John the Baptist was the last great prophet of Israel before Jesus. And Jesus says as much in that passage where this story comes from, from the Gospel of Matthew. But even John wasn't above the real work that Jesus came to do. To heal the sick. To give sight to the blind. To cleanse the lepers. To encourage the poor and the destitute. And by the way, all of those things that Jesus was doing, all of those healing miracles, everything along those lines, all of those things that went against the expectations that were surrounding him, all of those things had to do with inclusion, right? They had to do with bringing people back into the community who had been you know, shunned or exiled or marginalized simply because of circumstances that were largely beyond their control. Now I suppose it's only natural that the people who have had the most custody of the biblical narrative for so long, frankly, mostly white men, have a lot of trouble seeing that the story is really not about them, that it's not really about us, right? Because I'm one of those white men. It's not about us at all. That what the Bible really is is literature for the oppressed. It's for all of the people who have been made to feel less than by those who assume that they are greater than, right? Because that doesn't fit the expectations of the oppressor. So we try to tame it and we try to sanitize it and we try to control it and we try to make it conform to our images of ourselves, right? To our own sense of identity. But You know, just like with John the Baptist, Jesus is not having it. Because it wasn't just Herod that was imprisoning John. It was John's own expectations in many ways that John was imprisoned by. And I think that kind of reflects the times in a lot of ways that we find ourselves in today. More and more of us are becoming more and more uncomfortable with all of the expectations that we've been fed about who Jesus is or who Jesus is supposed to be and what he's supposed to be all about. And I think a lot of times we can kind of feel trapped by all of that. And we're finding that those expectations are really at odds with the reality that we're experiencing, right? Where governments that we once thought of as righteous turn out to be defenders of, you know, systemic racial injustice, where we keep catching everyone from politicians to pastors lying to us, where our churches often seem to be more interested in what happens in people's bedrooms than in feeding the hungry and caring for the poor, where religious people are more interested in unborn babies than in how to deal with them once they emerge from the womb, especially if they have the misfortune to be born into a poor family or one from another country, and it can all feel just really, really, really easy to just chuck it all and to walk away from it for good. But honestly, I don't think Jesus is having that either. In fact, I think it's maybe never been more important for us to confront our expectations than it is right now. And so if you're someone who's feeling really burdened by the disconnect between the expectations you've been fed and the reality that you're facing or experiencing, if you're tired of all of the exclusionary rhetoric of religious people that doesn't seem to match up with the radically inclusive things that Jesus seems to stand for, if you're tired of being told what to think, Instead of being shown how to think for yourself, just know that you're not alone, right? Know that there are a lot of us who are feeling the same way. And, and we all need each other. We all need each other if we're going to break out of those prisons of expectations that, that we have and live into the, the very real hope that we really can do better, that we really can be better people that we really can change the world. So that's it for this week's podcast. Episode four is now in the books. Thanks again for listening. You can find Accidental Tomatoes online at accidentaltomatoes.com and across the social media world, we're at Accidental Tomatoes. Please be sure to like and follow our Facebook and Twitter and Instagram pages for up-to-the-minute updates of what's going on in this community that we're forming here on the World Wide Web. You can find me, Joe Webb, at my own website, joewebwrites.com, and you can reach out to me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm at joewebwrites. If you have ideas or suggestions for future podcast topics, I would love to hear from you. So you can you know, reach out again on Facebook or on Twitter or email us at accidentaltomatoes at gmail.com. And if you enjoy our podcast, please, please, please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you listen to your podcast. That will help other people find us and connect with our community and participate in this ongoing conversation. So keep on growing Outside the Fences. And join us next time for the Accidental Tomatoes podcast.